There is no other podcast like this, so proceed with caution as we challenge your beliefs by providing the forbidden information kept away from you and your family by modern medicine so they can keep you on the path of drugs for anything and drugs for everything. Hundreds of years of preventative medicine have been destroyed by Big Pharma. We're in the dark ages of true healing. After all, it's not just about living long, it's about living well. If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. Now prepare to have your consciousness explode into the next evolutionary stage of human existence with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. Stockwell. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Jack. And Mary. And we are here with episode 50, The Role of Enzymes in Fighting Disease. Today, we're going to be talking about enzymes and their role in fighting disease, as Jack just said, and we'll cover what enzymes are, how they work, and the science behind them, how they prevent cancer in just one moment. But we thought we'd make it really easy for you and give you your first step towards staying healthy and fit. We created a cheat sheet to tell you what foods are good for you and which ones to avoid. It's a really simple list and the simplest and easiest way you can take you know, right now, make a big difference in your health. So all you have to do is head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash gaps and download, grab your copy today. You can glimpse at it while you're doing your grocery shopping or when you're trying to decide what to order in a restaurant. It's the simplest, easiest first step you can take today to keep yourself healthy and energetic. So don't forget, after the show, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash gaps and start making a difference today. So we have on some of our other podcasts mentioned enzymes from time to time, and we talked about the uh, enzymes in an earlier podcast uh, about the enzyme product we made, but we wanted to go into this in a more elementary fashion because enzymes right now are really big in the news and in health research and you're hearing about it quite often from different sources. So and we wanted some people to, don't know what they are. Well, that's what I thought we ought yeah. to do, Mary. We yeah. ought to we ought to try to Let's be simplify this. To simplify it a bit. And enzymes enzymes are simply just special proteins that are made by the body that will cause chemical reactions to occur. Some of these enzymes make energy. Some cause nerve synapses to happen. They make thought and sight and touch and emotions, hunger temperature control, sleep, almost everything in your body to occur on time and in place. So they keep you alive. They keep you alive. That sounds like a person that is alive. Well, and interestingly enough, in a corpse, uh, shortly after death, there is enzyme activity that takes place. And I'm going to get to this here before our podcast is over when I talk about uh, our sources of protein in meat and the foods we get from fruits and vegetables. Even after they're separated from a life source, enzyme activity goes on. That's true. Even in a dead body, enzymes are taking place that break that body down. But they kind of peter out. Well, eventually (laughs) they exhaust. That's true. They they exhaust. Um, So, So the billions of chemical reactions taking place in your body every second of the clock occur just when they're supposed to and not too much and not too little under normal conditions and considerations. Right. So what we're going to talk about in this podcast are the enzymes that are involved with the digestion of food. And interestingly enough, some of those enzymes involved in the digestion of food are also involved in the destruction of cancerous tumors in the body. Yeah, that's when it gets real exciting. Yes, and this I think we're going to find it that way. So where 
Where do you find enzymes? Well, Mother Nature is very efficient. She packs all raw foods with enzymes. As long as that food is attached to a life source, the enzymes in that food are dormant. In other words, they're inactive. When that food is separated from a life source, then those enzymes come alive. Now, I know that sounds a little counterintuitive, but when an apple is on the tree, the enzymes that are inside of it that are designed to digest it are dormant and inactive. It's a good thing. They would rot on the tree. They'd rot on, exactly. So when it's picked from the tree and its stem is no longer attached, the enzymes in it become alive. And so, you know, I mean, what happens to an apple after it's been picked from the tree and left alone on the table or the counter for a few days? Those enzymes come alive. Well, exactly. And they go to work. Mm-hmm. And it they softens. soften. Yeah, it falls apart. I mean, just as any other fruit or vegetable would do, given enough time. And so it is with meat. Now, obviously, when the meat, the, the muscle or the organ is alive inside the living animal, the meat's fresh and alive. But you kill the animal, and the enzyme processes of death and decay begin. However, when we eat any of this food, those same enzymes that break down that food, as in a carbohydrate or a fat or a protein, when it became separated from the life source, picked from the vine or, or, or killed, will also aid in the digestion of that food in our digestive systems. So it's not just our own digestive enzymes. It's the digestive enzyme that's in that food that was made by, as it, in the form it was made by nature. Mm-hmm before it gets processed, because these enzymes are usually destroyed in the processing of food. And that's when the problem arises when we process these foods into something else, breakfast cereals, hamburger, tuna tuna helpers, sandwich meats, I mean, almost anything in a box, a bag, or a can. You eat these things long enough, and the digestive system becomes terribly overworked and tired and begins to simply not work anymore. And you'll find in some cases Food coming out of you looking like it did when it went in the mouth. Because you can't break it down. Because you can't break it down. The biggest digestive system mm. in the world won't work right. It, that's right. If no, the biggest disassembly line in the world. Now explain what you mean by that. Your food, well, we're going to explain a little bit later, but your food has to be broken down into the tiniest. Exactly. As we explain in our gaps, to get through those zonulin cells, I mean, you got these, you got these bouncers in your gut saying, no, you can come in. No, you can't. You That's can right. You can come in. And so, in a healthy gut. In a healthy gut, yeah. And those can get destroyed, which yes, is really can. scary. And you have those in your brain, too, and those can get destroyed. So... Um, the types of enzymes we're going to talk about here really quick, protein, fat, carb, emulsifiers, they, they, emuls- they break them down into smaller pieces, what that means. Protease, lipase, amylase, trypsin, chemotrypsin, you've probably heard of these. They are in the news. They're in the health news. Well, it's easy to remember. Protein, protease enzyme breaks down protein. Lipase, which means fat, breaks down fat. Lipids. And lipids, yes. Breaks down fats. And the amylase breaks down the carbs. Amylase concentrates in your saliva. Carbohydrate digestion begins just with the... In the mouth. Mastication of food. Mm -hmm. And it goes dormant when it hits the stomach, and then it comes alive again in the alkaline environment of the small intestine. Yeah, all about pH. It is. Which you don't get to change. The big fads out there now, you got to be acid. No, you got to be alkaline. No, you got to be acid. Well, actually, that's true. You need to be all of those things. You just don't get to control it. That's right. If what you ate or drank could change the pH of your blood, we'd all be dead. Yep. So we've got these buffering systems inside of us to help us to do that. And the buffering systems are involved with enzymes. So how do they work? 
Well, we're going to go through each one of these enzymes really quickly, explain that. But these, some of these enzymes, especially trypsin and chemotrypsin that come from the pancreas that are involved in the further breakdown of proteins, also, uh, if they are not consumed with food but are taken as a supplement separate from food, in other words, on an empty stomach, these enzymes have a miraculous effect of scouring the body looking for dead, what are known as left-handed proteins with mm-hmm. a negative electrical charge. That's what cancer cells do. And they leave normal cells alone. They leave normal cells that have a positive charge on their outer coating. Mm-hmm. They leave them alone. They have a pass. They have like a get-out-of-jail-free card. But cancer cells don't. Cancer cells are primitive, immature cells. Um, and we'll explain what that is here in a few moments, that have a different electrical charge. These enzymes find that electrical charge and destroy it on contact. This was, this was discovered over 100 years ago. 1911. By Dr. Beard. That cancer cells have the opposite electrical charge than normal cells. Yes. Normal cells repeal the pancreatic enzymes in the bloodstream, but cancer cells attract them. Yes. So the enzymes go right to the cancer cells and chew up the proteins in the cell membranes into, and turn it into cell waste, which can be very, very toxic. Yes. So you have to be real careful with that. You know, I just read the other day that if you, if you have leukemia and they kill the leukemia too fast, you can die just from the toxic overload. Yes. Yes. So. That's part of the problem. And uh, Dr. Gerson discovered that a long time ago, and a lot of cancer clinics in, in Mexico know this, that when they go after, the, they start killing the cancer cells, mm-hmm. the toxic waste buildup from the dead cancer cells uh, will toxify the liver, toxify the kidneys. Uh, part of the Gerson therapy and other therapies that have been used out there successfully dis- you know, uh, defeating cancer, you must support the liver, you must support the kidney because they are going to get backed up with cellular debris. And that cellular debris isn't just some sloughed off cells of the gut. It's the toxic aspects of a dead cancer cell. Yeah, so you better learn how to do coffee enemas. So how, I'm trying to think of the direction I want to go here, how, how they allow the body to fight disease, you know, because that's the title of this of this uh, podcast, I think I ought to spend a little time on that. Just just cleaning up the mutated cancerous stem cells that have been go- have gone away. And here's some forbidden information about cancer. Cancer, cancer for a long time, and in some cases, it's this is still taught and it's erroneous that they come from the old cells that mutate somehow go backwards or revert to their immature state and just simply go They time haywire. travel. <laughs> yes, they time travel backwards. It's Very crazy, good. isn't it? Actually, cancer they comes from the that. immature stem cells, and this is the University of Chicago and some other places have, have done a lot of work with this. Johns Hopkins, uh, even Sloan Kettering now is, is getting into this. And they, what they found out is that cancer comes from immature stem cells, the, the new replacement cells that somehow are altered in their ability to replace the old damaged cells. And this is caused simply by, as we well know, and we've talked about it many times in our podcast, by bad nutrition. Bad oils Bad oils specifically. You've got that right. And massive overconsumption of processed sugars because that is the food of cancer. Of course, toxins like cigarettes, uh, mercury, pesticides, asbestos, drugs, other kinds of environmental factors can also cause this. So let's... um, let me get really uh, brief here for a few moments and talk about uh, three examples of enzymes and the work that they do. 
um, because most people have heard of these things, but they may not necessarily understand how they work. First of all, there's amylase, and that works on carbohydrates, sugars. It breaks down starches, which are complex sugars, and breaks them down into sugars like disaccharides, uh, and then the disaccharides become monosaccharides, meaning that the two sugars that were the disaccharide becomes a monosaccharide. And the idea is for a complex starch to become glucose, which is the simplest of all sugars. Glucose is the only sugar your body can use anyway. So whether you're eating fruits or vegetables or any other kind of a carbohydrate from grains or whatever else, those things have to be broken down into glucose finally. At the end of the day, all sugars become glucose. Even fructose, fruit sugar, mm-hmm. ha- it's still a six-carbon um, sugar, has to be converted into the six-carbon glucose before your body can actually use it. Um, and that's, and that's what amylase does. That's what does. amylase does. Then there's lipase. And it's lipase's job to break down complex fats into simpler fats. Just like amylase working on starches to make them smaller, simple sugars so they can be absorbed through the gut wall. So this is what lipase does it by breaking down. It. Emulsify. The bile emulsifies the fat, mm-hmm. which simply means to make it smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Then the lipase enzyme cuts up that fat. And breaks it into glycerin, breaks it into fatty acids, breaks it down into its smallest pieces that can be absorbed through the bloodstream so that those things can be transported in the blood to wherever the body needs it. And so they have to get the the fats have to become smaller and smaller so they can be absorbed through the gut wall. And the same thing with the protease that breaks down the proteins into amino acids, which are tiny, tiny, tiny. And then they go through the bloodstream, reassemble themselves somewhere And heal your ear. Yeah. Part of the job of the individual cells of the body, whether it's the ear, liver, kidney, heart, an artery wall, whatever, um, protein synthesis, the building of proteins has to occur in those cells for those cells to do their job. Proteins are made out of amino acids. So we eat good, healthy proteins. The digestive system using hydrochloric acid and pepsin in the stomach Mm -hmm. and then protease in the gut breaks those proteins, as you said, into peptides and then into smaller and smaller units down to amino acids that get into the blood. Those amino acids get into the cells. Those cells take those amino acids and reconstitute them back into some kind of a protein that that cell needs. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's just, yeah, it is. It's just a miraculously <laughs> brilliant idea. It's a big thing. It gets broken down into itty-bitty little things transported into the blood, into the cell to make a little bigger thing. Yeah. And that is the process of life. So if you're not eating any good, raw, fresh meat, you know, as least cooked as you can. Cooked as little as as possible. As little as possible. You need to supplement with some enzymes. Yes. Now, the hydrochloric acid and the pepsin in the stomach breaks those uh, pepti- those peptides and proteins in the smaller amino acids or smaller peptide, excuse me, smaller proteins that become amino acids. And what happens is these digested proteins go into the small intestine where the protease is waiting for them for complete digestion. And the protease cuts the protein structures into its constituent amino acids for absorption through the gut wall. Now, the gut wall, at least the gut wall we know that we talk about on our podcast at various times, is very picky about what gets through it. I was talking to a patient in the clinic today about the leaky gut. Mm-hmm. And she heard, overheard somebody talking about cleansing. 
Oh, dear. Yeah. And she said, I, you know, cleansing is not really good when you have a leaky yeah. gut. And oh, I said, wow. where did you learn that? Oh, uh, you've that, been listening to our podcast, you know? Awesome. And, and she, she knew that if you have a leaky gut, the food, the, the digested or undigested food is going to get through that leaky gut into the bloodstream, creating allergic reactions and food allergies. Yeah. It's so scary to cleanse. So, and that's the big fat out there. Is to cleanse. Oh, yes. Once you've got your gut healed and sealed, sure, go ahead and cleanse. At that point, though, you don't really need to. That's the beautiful thing. Well, about large that. food items cannot or su- are supposed to not get into the blood for obvious reasons. I mean, large food items can't get into the cells of the body where the food it simply is larger than the cell itself. <laughs> so we have a process that's called digestion, where the larger particles of food are broken down into lo- much smaller units. And so your digestive system, as you said earlier, Mary, it's a complete disassembly plant, and it's bent on the total destruction of your food so that the much smaller particles can then get through the gut wall into the blood, be delivered to the cells of your body for nourishment. So simple. So what's the problem? I mean, why are we even talking about this? Well, we've changed the food we eat from what our ancestors could glean from the fields and their farm animals into what we have now that is simply imitation food coming out of food processing plants that are designed to get longer shelf life. Our bodies simply cannot recognize a lot of what we eat. And so our enzyme systems get confused. We end up with a large amount of undigested food in or in the gut or the systems that back up the gut. It will back up the lymphatic systems, it will poison our bloodstreams, it'll build up toxic materials in our livers and our kidneys that in some cases makes it way makes its way to our brain. Yeah. And then causes another set of problems there. Well, you know, and and there's I'm thinking of so many patients right now, that little eighteen month old girl you had who has the seizures and yes. you know, she she has so many seizures, what, forty eight oh, hours can have, of she solid. can have forty of them a day. Yeah. And She's down to nine now, yeah, but it was 40 a day. With what you've I, done. Yeah. But the problem is, is they have to give the, these drugs to stop the seizures, yes. which of course don't heal the problem, which just sends more toxins to the brain, and the brain tries to clean it out all the time. It's this horrible, non-healing, symptom-repressing, toxicity-laden medicine that we have Oh, well now. said, well said. Good. Yeah, and, and, and today, on the way home, NPR... I listened to this this show that they're they're talking about we're still so confused about what we should eat, whether it should be, you know, no fat and they just really were still pushing the no cholesterol foods, oh boy. the saturated fats, how bad they are for you. But we're thinking maybe we know about fifty percent of what we need to know about what we need to eat. Uh, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I'm hearing this in two thousand sixteen. How'd they come up with fifty percent? I don't know. It's some researcher that well, this is exactly why we put together our enzyme product, so that our tired out, confused, backed up <laughs> digestive systems can clean themselves up and get back on track while we improve our food choices back to actual food. We need to give our poor pancreas a chance to rest and simply let it recover from years of eating processed foods rather than what nature made. And so how do you tell the difference? I mean, how do you tell? Because we talk about processed foods, Mary. We talk about nature-made foods. How do you tell the difference? Well, if it's been changed from the form that nature made, in almost all cases, it's processed. You simply cannot take something nature made and make it better through processing of some kind. I mean, you're always going to end up with something less. 
Nature makes corn, for example. Not the best food choice by any means. Corn is kind of a survival food or for our animals. It's not really designed for man. But I want to use it as an example. We take that corn, we dry it out, we grind it, we mill it, we mix it, we fry it. In bad oils. In bad oils. Then we cover it with artificial flavored chemicals. We spray it with preservatives. And then we call it corn chips. (laughs) Nature didn't make corn chips. But it's an example, you know, and there's so many other foods I could use here as an example. But I just want to do that because everybody likes Doritos. Oh, the worst. Oh, the worst. You know, we did did the old Dorito test once. We put a, this is back long, long, this is two decades ago. (laughs) We put a bunch of Doritos in a bowl, stuck them on top of the fridge, um, and let them sit there for an entire year. They softened a little bit. Yeah. But no mold. No mold grew at No all. mold grew. If mold won't grow on it, you won't grow it's on like it. It's like Twinkies. They have enough preservatives in them. If you eat enough Twinkies, you'll become immortal. <laughs> there you go. Very good. So uh, regardless of how we then flavor it, it's just not a food anymore. And when it gets into the digestive system, the body simply needs a greater dose of enzymes to break it down. Hence our product. I mean... How, how how one can increase the benefits that they get from enzymes on a daily basis is simply this. You just use enzymes as an aid in digestion or, or, or taking them with food. The, yeah. the more you move toward whole raw foods, whole unprocessed foods, the less you're going to need of supplementation. But the average American diet right now, if it doesn't have some kind of pancreatic enzyme supplementation with it, you are simply not digesting your food. Gas, constipation, burping, gastric distress. Especially if you eat raw vegetables, you need some enzymes because you don't have the enzymes to Uh, break those down. Yes, unless you've been eating them all your life, which most people haven't been. A lot of people will suddenly go on a big, heavy-duty plant-based food diet or something like this and just have a miserable time because they've trained their system to not produce enzymes the way they're supposed to. And then the flip side, the meat needs to not be cooked so much. Well, the more we cook anything, the more we destroy the enzymes in it. Which we've, you know, explained. Yeah, we've talked about this in other podcasts. You cook something, you destroy the enzymes. Enzymes are destroyed anywhere from about 107 to 115 degrees. Mm Mm-hmm. And by the time you hit 120 degrees, there's no life left in the food. It's still a protein. It's still a carbohydrate. It's still a fat. But the enzymes that came in those foods that nature delivered to us to digest those foods are no longer alive. So we rely on our own digestive enzymes to do it. And you eat that cooked food long enough, you just simply wear out the digestive process. It gets tired. Yeah, with the proteins, you've got the eight really heat libel. They're called essential amino acids. Exactly. And they get killed with too much heat. That's yeah. why with a you know a beautiful piece of meat, try not to cook it too much. I wouldn't go past medium rare. Rare would be better. Yeah, rare would be, yeah. So And and you and in Europe they eat meat raw everywhere. All the restaurants have raw. Oh, that restaurant we went to in Lugano. Yeah, raw tartare everywhere. Everywhere, and, carpaccio or tartare, wherever you and go. And foie gras, I mean, livers everywhere. Yes, chicken livers. Yes, yes, yes. Isn't that something? Yeah. And we spent some time in Switzerland, which is the fourth healthiest country on the planet. Yeah, I can Preceded see why. only by New Zealand. Clean Because air. New Zealand has the cleanest air and cleanest water you can imagine. 
Norway is number two. Finland is number three. Switzerland is number four. How do you know these things? Yes. I, you you don't. Oh, you don't. You no, you know where I America? I cannot believe the menus, though. Oh yes, that, that was amazing. Just raw meat, raw meat, raw meat yes. everywhere. Yeah, I I just I was I loved it. And what was the general overall physical condition of the people over there? Well, there's nobody overweight. Nobody overweight. I think I saw one person on the bus in. Nowhere where they're overweight. Yeah. And remember that guy sitting on the bench with his cigar and his little thing of whiskey? Yes. <laughs> yes. When you eat his like scotch. this. Yes. Yeah, it was, I guess it's scotch. I don't know. But he, when you eat like this, you can abuse yourself a little bit. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, you eat these live foods. And if you can't do that, then you supplement with enzymes. So that's what we do when we need assistance with food. We take these enzymes with food. And for cancer prevention, uh, use on a daily basis without food, or in other words, on an empty stomach in between meals. That's when it does the cancer scouring. Yes. So with all that we've mentioned so far, I think you can easily see how a good digestive system aided with enzyme supplements can provide the complete nourishment your body requires for energy, for strong immune response, for good brain activity, for healthy blood and a healthy heart, good sexual function, healthy babies. I mean, the list goes on. You name it, if something is wrong somewhere in the body, there is probably a deficiency of enzymatic action going on. I think it's the number one deficiency we have. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yes, People ma'am. say vitamin D or calcium and all these different things. I think it's enzymatic action. Well, this is the clue to fighting disease. I mean, your greatest weapon against germs and viruses, microbes, whatever, is a fantastically healthy immune system. And guess what process lies at the heart of the immune response. Enzymes. Yes. Yes, enzymes. A, a little example. The enzymes that are in something called lysosomes, which is a very active-based part, enzyme, active enzyme-based part of your immune system that's deep in the bloodstream. And these lysosomes are always there. You're born with lysosomes. It's part of the innate uh, immune system of a newborn baby. You have them all your life. And they destroy and they kill bacteria and virus on contact through enzymatic action. Yeah. And then your pancreas helps break down the food that you're eating. So the pancreas is one of the most important organs for breaking down food, enzymatic action to heal you, to to scour the body for mutated cells, and to get the nourishment you need from the food you eat. Exactly. So that's what the lifelong energy enzymes do is they give the pancreas a rest so you can you can produce more insulin, you can produce the pancreatic enzymes, and break down the food. So today we've covered enzymes and their contribution to the amazing machine that is your body. And we know that supplementing with good enzymes will help you stay healthier for longer. But we also know that big changes are hard to make. So we created a complete list of good foods and foods to avoid in case you want to prevent not only cancer, but also diabetes, thyroid problems, depression, and much more. So head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com gaps, grab your copy of the ultimate food cheat sheet that reveals which foods you should be consuming and which to avoid. Simply grab this simple copy today and use it whenever you're making decisions about what you put in your body. It's the smallest, easiest step you can take today to make a true difference to your health. So be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com slash gaps right now. 
and grab your free copy today. Okay, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast with Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. It's our pleasure to join you on your health revolution and look forward to our quest for health together. Join us again next week for more health secrets and forbidden truths about self-healing. Until then, visit ForbiddenDoctor.com and enter your email to receive a special coupon for the Forbidden Doctor special scientific formula, our long-life energy enzymes. This custom-made one-capsule supplement is created from the most concentrated energy-stimulating enzymes. For more information, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com. These podcasts are provided for information only. The previous statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Nothing that was said is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.